Hey everyone, this is Michael Thompson playing a song that many of you know, young and old. And friends are friends forever if the Lord's a Lord of them. This is uh, Michael Levy Smith. It says, friends are friends are forever if the Lord's a Lord of them. A friend will not say never because a welcome will not end. And it goes on, you know, a lifetime's not too long to live as friends. But um, by the way, uh, let me just say, I am just so thrilled that you're listening and sharing this podcast and also that I feel the freedom to be able to sing and be a little bit goofy, uh, even as a director. You know, one of the problems when you're a leader in ministry is you can, you can start to feel boxed in, like you have to be a certain mold. And I'm just pushing and praying that God would help me to still be a kid, still be true to who I am. And that means even singing like Michael W. Smith when he says, friends of friends forever. So thank you, Lord, for giving us freedom to be who we are. I uh, Anyway, I, I uh, have a special and heavy message today that I hope won't uh, turn you off, but if it convicts in a healthy, beautiful way and moves you to action. And before we start, um, I want, I'll let you know up front, it has to do with friendship and specifically friendship with people that don't know God. And who within one mile of your house that comes to mind that you could be friends with someone that doesn't currently know the Lord? You have that name because once you do, then you're ready to listen to this podcast. God bless you. I hope you enjoy. back when ISIS was raging, there was conflict in northern Iraq and Syria. And there were some short-term missionaries that, at very high risk, went up into the region and set up like some tents or whatever and set up this kind of this hospital to care for wounded people. And people came in, the Iraqi army and civilians were coming in, and then even ISIS soldiers were coming in. It didn't matter what their background was. These doctors just wanted to care for people. And when they brought them in, they classified them into different groups. And like one group would be like the the green tag. And these are people, we need to do something right now. We can save their lives and let's care for them. And then, then there'd be like the yellow group. And the yellow group would be, well, we can care for these people. It's not urgent. They're going to have to wait. And then there was this third group that was a group of people that they would tag and they would say, there's no hope this person's going to die. And what was so moving was hearing these missionaries share about how they determined to spend time to be present with these people as their lives ebbed away. Many of those people, I'm sure, uh, ebbed away not even knowing Christ. I'm not even sure people could translate, but they loved them and they were with them. And that's the heart of Jesus. Jesus was a friend of sinners. If he had any issues with people, it was with the religious elite. He loved the humble. He loved the woman at the well. He loved the woman caught in adultery. He loved the cheating tax collector, Zacchaeus. Um, He is opposed to the proud. He gives grace to the humble. And he came to seek and save that which was just lost. 
Lord, just would you help us? I, I pray, God, that you would help us take practical steps. I don't want to just preach and um, beat people up, but at the same time, God, um, would you soften our hearts to the great tragedy that it is to have so much, to be given so much, and to be self-absorbed so much that sometimes we can go weeks, months, or years, even with people all around us, and not even befriend them. Lord, help us, I pray, even today, turn that around, bring a brand new day in our lives. Help us to love our neighbors as ourselves. In Jesus' name. You know, this isn't a peripheral issue. Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he went on to say, love your neighbor as yourself. How would you like your neighbor to treat you if you were on the other side of the in crowd, of the I'm good for eternity crowd? How would you want someone to treat you if you had a big, huge eternity question uh, and condemnation, as the Bible would say. Uh, what would you want? Well, I know it's not easy, but I have to tell you, you got to at least be friends. <laughs> we have got to at least be friends. I don't care if someone is a red tag, a yellow tag, a green tag. If we, if we profess to love Jesus, want to be like Jesus, and are not people who are friends, at least friends with people, at least care about, like something is so fundamentally root level wrong. People are lamenting, they're freaking out about how the church is weakening, and it is weakening, and and the numbers are declining, but you know, we like deserve it, man. Like, how do you expect a church to expand and not shrink if all it does is feed itself? There is there there was a day even a hundred years ago when the normal routine of a local church would be an outreach. You can read about it. This was the norm, and then it was like, oh, we'll, we'll get rid of that, and but we'll still have the Wednesday nights, and then you had Sunday nights, Sunday morning, Wednesday nights, and and then you said, well, no, we'll just do Sunday morning, Sunday school, and then Sunday service, and then and then we said, no, we'll just do one hour on Sunday. We'll just do the church, and then the pandemic comes, and we say, well, we're not going to really be able to do church, and, and it just keeps like diluting, diluting. But we're long, long way past. The idea of like coming alongside and inviting people into our lives, our neighbors, those people right around us, um, they're they're not like the untouchables. They're not like uh, the, the lepers. These are the people that Jesus runs to. And these are the reason that he came friend of sinners. He came to seek and save the lost. And if we aren't fishing for men, if we aren't loving people, if we aren't proactively getting outside of our little insulated bubbles, um, we have... Uh, brought great, great disservice to our uh, our lives and to our kingdom, to our Lord, because we're just we're just kind of uh, polishing our faith and and doing very little. Now it's not just theory; it's not just another message. We're we're gagging, we're overfed. We've got so many song, all our songs and all of our messages. And I could hear the Lord; I could hear the Lord say, "Enough of that!" Like, you know, I just want you to to do justice and love mercy. Well, you know, then some people say, "Oh yeah, the gospel is like you know feeding the sick, and and the gospel is is uh, helping the poor, and all this stuff." And and that's that's great. But I'm talking about I don't care. I live in an, in a fairly upper middle class neighborhood. They're poor people all around me. They're not materially poor, but they have 
have even bigger poverty. They have the greatest social injustice that could ever be. No one's ever even told them. Last summer, I shared that my neighbor asked me, he's 20-something, he said, hey, Mr. Thompson, I know that you're a spiritual man. Um, is there any way that I have some questions about Jesus Christ? And is there any way that we could go out for coffee? So, so let's get over the fact that the world hates Jesus and no one wants to talk. There are people out there that need friendship. And if I had been friends with him, I'd been a neighbor almost 10 years. I never got to know him, never really got to befriend him. Always too busy, had so many parties at our house. So many, our house is like uh, Disneyland. There's people all over, you know, hanging out all the time. And, and almost all the time, they're almost always Christian people. And my neighbors, literally 50 feet away, you know, after 10 years, says, is there any way we could talk about Jesus? How many times have we had them over? Just a few. And only after he, only he reached out to me. What a, what a tragic approach. And the thing is, uh, frankly, life, life in the church, if it's only in the church, is boring. It's the same old, same old. It's the same culture. It's, the, oh, is it okay to drink? Is it okay to this? And, and Jesus, like, he broke all that stuff and he says, we're going to go out into the world. And he went out and he, he, was, he was among people doing crazy things and he, he turned water into wine and he, was, uh, he went to the well and he gave dignity to the woman at the well and he helped the lady who was uh, caught in adultery and, and even his own teammate, uh, like people like Peter, who's generally known and thought to be be more of a pagan. And, and then you've got Matthew, who's a tax collector, who's basically a cheater, stealing people's money and, and all this stuff. And, and that's the tone of Jesus. And then we go around and we say, oh, we want to be like Jesus. Make me like Jesus. And, and his whole life is seek and save the lost. His whole name is Savior. And so at some point, we have to, to wake up and realize that in many ways, the Christian life that we are modeling is a fraud. It is not the real thing. It is like literally like counterfeit. That means that it it appears to be something that it really isn't because anything that doesn't have that love your neighbor as yourself is something that is not of the Lord. Jesus loves people and he told us point blank, greatest command, love God. Second, love our neighbors. And so Rather than just beat you up, but I hope that you are, I have no apologies for anything I've said, but I hope that at some point we realize it's not enough just to uh, whine and complain and articulate how bad the world is and, oh, the church is declining, the church is declining. Well, yeah, and who have you, who have I reached out to even in your own one-mile vicinity of where you live? I'm not just talking to homeowners. I'm talking to college students, young people. We go on spring break. Who do you go with? You go with Christian friends. And and when you want to hang out on Friday night, who do you hang out with? And when you want to text people, the whole system is built around Christians feeding Christians. Now, the Bible is very clear. We should meet together. We should love each other. And our core family is the church, but we are called to expand our family. So how do we do that? Well, number one, you have got to get past this hang-up. I've had it for years. If I don't articulate the gospel to this person, then I feel... I, we don't need to articulate the gospel to be friends with people. People should be loved just because they're people. So we can just get over that. I have an agenda with this person. No, God has an agenda to draw them, but our job 
is to love them and to trust the Lord. That will come when it comes. Sometimes it comes on day one. Sometimes it comes on day 50. You say, oh, it's a sin. Do you have to tell someone right away? If you don't tell, no, Mr. Legalism. I say, no, that's not, nowhere does the Bible say that you have to immediately pound your neighbor with the gospel. But it does say in Proverbs 26, it says, don't answer a fool according to his folly or you'll be like him yourself. And then it says, answer a fool according to his folly, and he'll be wise. In his. What, what's the point? Why am I bringing this verse? I'm bringing this verse because it's an example of the Bible teaching. There's a time to speak, and there's a time to be silent. There is a time to just love. There's a time to listen. There's a time to ask your your friend, yes, friend, your your sinner friend, your at to ask, hey, tell me your story. Tell me, tell me what what gets you up in the morning. What or what are you depressed? Are you happy? What was your childhood like? What's your family like? Uh, what what's your burdens? What's your joys? Hey, let's hang out. Let's go. We can go out to the bar. I can handle it. I'm not gonna blow up. We can you know we can go to out for coffee. Why don't you come over to my house? We'll hang out. We'll have a fire night. Uh, have game night. We love to play games with our neighbors. If my neighbors never ever ever wanted to talk about Jesus Christ, if they never came to Christ, obviously that's my greatest desire for them. It's Jesus' greatest desire for them, but they deserve my love because God loves them. I will love them, and I do love them. That's the whole point. It's easy to be friends and to love people. It makes life a lot more interesting when we break out of our little tiny bubbles. So when it's their birthday, when it's their anniversary, when it's a significant day, maybe they lost a loved one. Uh, Maybe it's when their kid went off to college. Let's remember them. Bring them presents. Bring them food. When it's the Super Bowl, invite them over. Major major sporting event. But whatever it is, but don't just be too busy with your Christian group. And you know, I actually believe that most of us think of friendship the wrong way anyway. We think, oh, I need a friend. I need a friend. No, you need to be a friend. It is when we refresh others that we ourselves are refreshed. That's what the Bible teaches. So he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. So find someone to befriend, and those people are right around us. Let's do it. I love my neighbors. Uh, I'm not putting myself as a mob, but I'll tell you what, I'm just so done with wanting to be someone that's just all about my little Christian friend groups. So may the Lord help us. Be encouraged. Let's go. Whoever you are, step out of your comfort zone. Uh, The time is now. It's not yesterday. Who cares about the past? Forget the past. Move on. But let's make a commitment now. I'm going to pray for. I'm going to get up. I'm going to care about. I'm going to think about my neighbor. I'm going to live a genuine as much as God can help me. God will give me the grace. But I am going to ask him to help me to get to know and befriend the people around me, regardless of what their future is. They are going to go out of this world knowing that they had a friend that loved them through it all. That's what we must do. May God help us. May God bring a brand new day, not just, oh, in my life. Uh, May God bring a brand new day in the lives of the people around us, people that Jesus wants us to call friends. Help us, oh God, to love our neighbors as ourselves. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Now go. (laughs) Go pick up the phone. Go text. Go email. Go make some cookies. Go do something. Go reach out to your neighbor. You don't need to wait for later. You're not too busy. And make it a priority today. Not tomorrow. Make it a priority today. I would love to hear from you at mt at owm.org. mt at owm.org. I would love to uh, hear your stories. But let's just get busy. Let's get busy 
doing life great. Let's get busy walking with the Lord, but not just to, uh, you know, have our nice little cozy life, but so that we can make a difference. The, the time is short. We have plenty of time to celebrate later. It's great to see people from every tribe, tongue, and name, uh, you know, every tribe, tongue, and language, all this. But how about from my own neighborhood? Wouldn't that be great? And uh, like I said, regardless of the results, let's be the ones that love people, whether the red tag, yellow tag, green tag. We're going to love people because we do love people, because Jesus loved. That's who we are. Let's befriend people. Let's make a difference. And let's move out. God bless you. I can't wait to hear what God does with you. Lord, send out your people to love people. In Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you next time. Let me tell you this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. To show my love. When I see my neighbor coming. I'm gonna let it shine I think I see my neighbor coming I better let it I better let it shine When I see my neighbor come Lord, here he comes I'm gonna let it shine Let it shine Let it shine Show my love I see.